0: You are now listening to a bonus episode from Carl and J-Man Save the World (laughs) podcast. your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man, and with me is Soho's finest, Carl. <laughs> Good day it is today
1: here on the bonus episode. Yes, we are uh, recording a bonus episode for you guys, so sit back and relax and enjoy this bonus episode.
0: Bonus episode to celebrate the successful uh, season three we just concluded, and we got a special guest today. Oh, yeah. We got a special guest today, Herschel Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome.
2: Good well, guys. Um, I'm glad that you guys reached out to me, so I was kind of excited for this. But um, I appreciate it, Justin, Tusa, uh, and and Carl. Um, just for the audience, uh, I go to introduce myself. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, Are go right? ahead, of <laughs> All right, uh, my name hey. is Herschel Clark. Um, what's that?
0: I was going to say, Hirsch. I don't think you want me to introduce uh, you to, to our audience. So. <laughs> I don't
2: know if I want to do a traditional introduction or just a, a, my, my AIS uh, ASU introduction.
0: Say it, <laughs> say it in Navajo. We, we only got 30 minutes, Herschel, <laughs> so I don't know
1: the Navajo introduction <laughs> so, would be uh, so say, appropriate for, say it for it the in, time. Say it in Navajo. <laughs> All
2: right, I'll do it in Navajo. So, I'll do it in Navajo. Um, yes. Hey, my name is Herschel Clark. Um, I'm calling out of Winslow, Winslow, Arizona. Um, actually, I live in, my family lives in Tisto, uh, right there between, I guess, Kalaka and Winslow, is where our family resides. So it's, I'm, good, I'm glad, I'm, it's, it's good to be on this episode. Um, and also, I got to give a shout out to, um, I am a, also a broadcaster myself. I am a, from the, your auntie's um, favorite podcast. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's it's pretty cool to to mingle with the the Hopi podcast here. So I think we have a, a good good relationship. I think that's what we're going to be talking about today, so
0: um, yeah. Yeah. And and, and so uh, I guess I kind of some background for for the listeners, because I think it was in season two, we had the episode uh, Hopi and Navajo uh, relations. But uh, a, a tidbit for for people that don't know is that I was actually trying to get you, Herschel. I was trying to get you to be on that episode. But I think you had like a scheduling conflict or something that, that you weren't able to join us for that one.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I, I do apologize. I am a very busy man. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was confident <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> B- bu- busy but No, yeah.
0: I, busy uh, Facebooking I was gonna say, Hirsch.
2: <laughs> As Justin says, he calls me a, a Facebook warrior. Oh wait. I gotta elaborate a little more on that. I'm more than just a Facebook warrior, you know. I think we're all Facebook warriors a social media warriors <laughs> in some sense.
0: I'm I'm more of a Twitter warrior, uh Hirsch. <laughs> Oh, you haven't got the um, TikTok yet? Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> see, see, that's I think that's the difference between our podcast is we don't have a nephew like you guys do to help you guys uh, stay stay uh, young and stay relevant to to what the youngsters are into these days. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about oh, TikTok. Man. So, yeah, I thought Carl, I
2: thought you were going to pick up on the TikTok from one of the episodes I heard. I thought you were going to go ahead and that up in a sense. But, I I did. Yeah, I'm not.
1: A- yeah, I downloaded TikTok and they don't have any of like the move the videos that I like. It's just nothing but people jumping off roofs and stuff like that. And
2: yeah, like that's dumb. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm too old for that. So I leave that up to Ness. I leave that up to you know. We got to branch out, though. So I guess we're we're exploring as as. I don't want to call ourselves elders, but young adults, I guess. In a sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I guess, you know, there's there's some other contexts, Hirsch, too, that, you know, for, for people that, that follow us personally on our personal Facebook accounts that uh, some people question whether you and I are even friends because we're always at each other on social media. <laughs> hey, I don't start it. I think it's <laughs> you that introduce your situation. I just be a, I'm just
2: a, like you said, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Facebook warrior, and then sometimes you come in and try to attack me. I'm like, Man, what's going on with this guy? So, I gotta be defensive, man. Eh?
0: <laughs> thing, things like, uh, for the sports team, if you're a bandwagoning person, things like that really touch my nerves. So, that's probably where I come in when you're making your bandwagon posts, Hirsch. <laughs> oh my
2: god, oh, <laughs> don't no, worry, I don't,
1: to don't worry, uh, the whole thing don't worry i'm a I'm a bandwagon too and quaz too so we just root for the team who wins and we never lose <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there
2: you go Carl there you go I like that see, see Carl has a good mindset he exactly in a positive point here he gets that positive vibe when his team wins so there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: so, you know, I I think that, you know, so uh, the other thing, too, that I was thinking about in regards to um, you and I, Hirsch, is that we well, we we, we know each other. We've known each other a long for a long time. And so both of you went to uh, school at this great school called Arizona State University. Both you and I graduated with degrees from ASU, but, you know, in terms of uh, you and I and, and how long we've known each other, that we've known each other a long time before that. But the time that we spent at ASU, I think that you and I and other people that we went to school with had uh, conversations constantly about, you know, our, our tribes, Hopis and Navajos.
1: Yeah,
2: I think um, I think that's where a lot of our, I guess you would look at us as just dreamers, or looking at things a lot like we, we philosophize basically we don't look at things realistically like. and, but yeah I think our, I think those conversations are really interesting and I do miss that I don't know if you miss it I don't know if uh, other AIS um, graduates miss those discussions because it's hard to have friends now you know, as you see as, as from the YAS pod we don't get really into these conversations in regards to like American studies decolonization those concepts but yeah, those conversations are really interesting, especially when it comes to tribal relationships, um, specifically the Navajo and Hopi relationships. I think we have a, a very unique relationship historically, um, even culturally. And, 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 you know, a, there was a bad relationship that did happen between us and, and, and the Hopis, but I, I kind of look at that from a little different point of view, and I think I've shared this with you um, just in regards to it really wasn't the Hopi's fault. Um, it really wasn't the Navajo's fault in regards to the land dispute. I look at it from an outside interest that really just um, divided us. Um, it was m- more of a divide and conquer kind of a context. Um, and you look at the cultural aspect too. And it's nothing bad against the Mormons, but if you understand the cultural context behind how the Mormons were involved in this land dispute, I think you'll you'll speak a lot of volume to whose fault it really was. or if it was Navajo or Hopi, and I, I don't, I don't really point fingers. Um, but prior to AIS, I think I, I think we did point fingers um, based on our influences from our family. So um, it's really interesting. I, I, that's why I miss those conversations that we have in A I S, in a sense.
0: Oh, definitely, and I, I miss those conversations too to just be able to geek out on you know some of the information that we learn through American Indian studies. You know, I try to geek out with Carl, but you know he does have a bachelor's degree, but he bought it from uh, a mag <laughs> from behind uh, the last pages of a magazine. So <laughs> oh,
1: it was it was right next to the uh, the ad where you tear off the thing and you put the cologne on, you know the men's cologne you just rub it on so- yourself. There it was right next to it. You know, just fill this out and. Send it in. Uh, Ten dollars later, I was uh, already graduate. So, <laughs> and, and the, the one thing that I go
2: ahead, Ursh. I would say Carl was more on the, getting on the woman side. See, we were over here arguing and whatnot in AIS, and Carl was after the ladies, so he
1: was a step there, but yeah, exactly. Where were you? So Carl was talking back, about talking yeah. about dead Indians, and I was over here. Uh, I was over here looking through, flipping through ma- magazines, and uh, making myself smell pretty. So yeah. Carl was Carl was
0: partying with the ladies while you and Irish were arguing about decolonization. Yeah. See,
2: that's what AIS says to you,
0: so. <laughs> 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 And so, but Hirsch, I, I know that you kind of have more um, experience with Hopis, at least from the, um, from knowing you as long as I have, but you, you do have a, a sister that's part Hopi, correct? Yeah, um, I
2: guess my, my sister, um, she's actually from Coyote's movie. Um, and growing up, I actually was, you know, I used to go to a lot of her dances, the dances that they have in their, in their village. Um, so that was my, my real exposure to, to you guys, is I guess, to the Hopi culture and traditions. And I've always felt, you know, a good, strong relationship. And those were good times. Uh, thinking about the food. I, I definitely, definitely give you guys props on the food and just the welcoming and just, just the, the, the whole gesture behind it. And I think it's in a sense, like, you know, now that I have a public health background, Um, I look at that as a healing process, you know, it's the whole community gathering and I look at it more from a, from a public health point of view as well and how valuable those traditions and those those teachings are there. Um, But I, I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed um, the dances, um, but I stay away from the snake dances. though. (laughs) From our culture, uh, snake dances and, I think my grandparents they they tell us that the elders tell us to stay away from any of you guys that are I guess relationship wise if we're going to date a Hopi that we stay away from the snake clan and then the bear clan. Oh
1: no! Kidding. Oh really? Wow! Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, no kidding. I guess that, they're that's considered
2: powerful people in some sense. Yeah, um, we're not allowed to date them or bring them home. Um, I don't know if other Navajo cult- are teachings are. are other ones could relate to that, but that's how my grandparents kind of taught us and things. So, wow! But so, I think my sister's a clan.
1: Wow! So you're you're the you're the only Navajo that probably has the recipe for the Hopi cookies. Am I right? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know who,
2: who, I don't know where it originated from,
0: but uh, I don't know what corn you're talking about. Like, you talking about yellow corn or blue corn? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I guess Hershey, you know, talking about this uh, collaboration because in that uh, Hopi and Navajo relations episode, that we talk kind of a whole lot about. Um, some of the, I guess, negativity and a lot of, you know, kind of some of the bad experiences that we've had with each other and, you know, kind of uh, more of the derogatory terms that we used to call each other. But I think that, you know, for this one, really, I think that it's important that to put, you know, some of those differences aside and kind of move forward because then, you know, and the reality of it is, even though that, you know, Hopis and Navajos might have their animosities Towards each other, that really, you know, the bigger scope, the bigger picture, that it probably be best for us to work together to kind of, um, you know, put make make things more situated, more um, ideal for our communities. Because one of the thoughts that I had that is that, you know, we 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 have these negative perceptions of each other, Hopi's and Navajos, but then you know, it really is, you know, one of those situations to where. In reality, we're all fighting the same war. And the fact that, you know, Hopis and Navajos were war- waging this war against poverty, waging this war against alcoholism and domestic violence and, you know, etc. And, you know, you did mention the the YAF podcast that you guys um, do have talked about this a little bit. And I remember you kind of mentioning that it probably be better for Hopis and Navajos to work together. In what areas do you think that... Um, our, our alliances can align and, and make something positive for both communities.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting um, conversation and discussion. Um, I think what I was kind of angling the, the discussion was really looking at our relationships from, um, from a culture point of view. Um, because I, I look at leadership today. Uh, I'm not sure if Hopi probably has the same experience. And for our tribal communities, we look at things from an economic point of view. Like, what are the benefits, benefits of the economics first? Um, and, and I don't really agree with that. I think that it has to really come from the culture relationships first, um, building those, um, those relationships back. Um, as you talked there, is something that historically did happen, but we do have some strong stories and, and whatnot that are, are really um, are instrumental for us to address. Before we move into like relationships on like business opportunities or economic opportunities or even just addressing um, climate change in a sense, because I think water water rights is very serious right now. It's, it's something that um, I think Hopi's and Navajo, are both um, negotiating their water rights. And I don't like how leadership looks at that as a separate because I think uh, water rights affect both all of our communities in the same way, even though we kind of look at water in a different way or uh, development wise. I think if we could work together and, and work our relationships out before before we go to like Congress or go to the to the outside entities of how they look at water, I think from our culture point of view, we'll have a we'll better have we'll have a better chance of unifying together in regards to like water rights. And then business, um, I think there's there's a lot of things that we could do business wise. Um, I think it's just, it's just so understanding those cultural teachings first and then building upon that. Um, and I think that goes in line with like AIS, like we understand our culture. I think in one of the episodes, you guys talked about corn, how you guys value corn in a sense of economics. Um, and, and that's how we look at corn too, as well as our traditional people. We look at sustainability, our, our, our cultural teachings as, as economic that's to us, that's um, that prosperous or that, that's uh, wealth in a sense. That's kind of a lot of our Navajos look at it that way, but it's hard these days, um, especially with one that are getting more educated, like us, in a sense. Like, how do we think? um, Are we thinking from a Western point of view? Are we thinking from a from our own culture in regards to what we do professionally? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. oh, I I I look at it from I guess just my point of view is looking at it from community perspective first, rebuilding those communities. Like 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 I mentioned, my family's from. The Cecil area, Cecil um, Nal- 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 yellow it's right there. It's right in the, the the heart of the Hopi Land issue, and we have the Bennett Freeze area too as well. And those relationships haven't been um, haven't been rebuilt in regards to the relationships that we have with our neighbors. So I think there's still a lot of historical trauma in that area. Um, I look at it. I, I look at something that my boss and our and our program that we do and our professionally wanted to do a, a a community health needs uh, assessment on on what happened to our people that were relocated um, I don't think that has ever been done um, even the federal government hasn't looked at the, the health impact that, that is done the trauma that is done and, and I think that's the starting point right there is just addressing that and seeing what happens and moving forward from that I think thats a little bit of research needs to be done in a sense so so community community um, I guess it's a community building on that community that's still there
0: and
2: rebuilding those
0: relationships. Those are some great points, Hersh. And I I think this is something that you can speak on because then, like you've mentioned, that your family really is in that area of uh, dispute with the land. But, you know, for a whole piece on our side that, you know, before that uh, the Navajos were removed from certain areas that a lot of the, the elders had, um, had told a lot of us younger people that there were already uh, alliances and agreements with other Navajo families about certain areas. And so that there already was some collaboration that there already was discussion about, um, about working with each other in regards to, you know, what's beneficial for both sides. But and then I think that you spoke on it, that it really was this third party that came in. And, you know, whether that was the Mormons or even, you know, like th- some something like Peabody or even our own leaders on the uh, Hopi Tribal Council and the leaders within the Navajo Nation that kind of, uh, I, I guess, in a way kind of broke a lot of those um agreements that, you know, some of the more grassroots people had with one another. Is that, is that something that you've heard, too, on, on your side?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, my family was actually really involved in this, this whole land dispute, the hopi Navajo land dispute, and there is actually a, a, a grassroots movement that my family was really instrumental in developing, and it really was just angled towards that, the, the community building, uh, what, what, what do the communities look at it from a culture point of view? And we did. They did. From the stories that I hear from my grandparents, they, they did um, relate with some of the certain certain. Uh, I guess certain um, mesas or villages that are that were going to be impacted that had their people. And certain because uh, you guys' uh, government's a little different. You guys have your own autonomy, uh, your own villages. But those certain villages, those leaders did come down and actually spoke with the, our traditional people, and there was some kind of a uh a discussion that was going to be developed but but then again the our leaders like you said the ones that are in tribal governments like like at, at that time was uh, peter gonzalez was uh, the, the our president and on your side we, we, they were a little younger a little more progressive um a lot of them just kind of didn't really listen to the community people and there was i guess uh i guess, a, I guess a, there was just different point of view and it really just came down to like you have to consent with the law but i think there was a lot of grassroots movement a lot of um, the community had a lot of uh, relationship and that's really interesting because i, I something that i, I could share in, in, in an example um i believe in palaka um, one of the villages there there was a, a, a lineage clan that they that they dated back to the tobacco clan that the tobacco clan from one of the villages was actually um, married into one of our Navajo tobacco clans too, as well. So there's some oral stories in relationship to how they built those relationships and how Navajo and Hopis um, were able to settle nearby each other. So there were some real cultural, I guess, oral stories in relationship to how Navajo were settled around Hopi and how Hopis accepted us, and, and in some sense. Um, so there, there were still grassroots movements, and I think if we could research that, I think it would be really interesting. Um, but I, I there's stories that I have with my, my grandpa, um, and he has a lot of stories that he shares with me, and I think those stories haven't been shared in regards to how our decisions, our, our tribal leaders made those decisions for us in a sense of consenting with the federal government. So. It could go both ways, but I think if we if we could learn from that um, moving forward, I think we could understand it a little more comprehensively and not just point fingers. But I think we'll be pointing fingers at, at somewhere else in some sense together.
1: Yeah, like the <laughs> uh, the the whole idea of like Hopis and Navajos being together is is somewhat like you know a far fetched dream in a way especially here on the Hopi reservation because because of what you know the the history tells us and what what different types of uh elders that are still around that ha- that hold true to how Navajos and Hopis are are you know have this this weird relationship mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and i i think that you know one of the kind of foreign discussions is is the conversation that we're having right now is you know how can Hopis and Navajos collaborate together, you know, in collaborations aside from just making kids and, you know, creating this generation of Navajo piece, but <laughs> really specifically towards governments, you know, really working together or even communities, because I think that, you know, on the Navajo side, Hirsch, uh, if you can uh, let us know kind of like, what's the dynamics with, you know, because as Hopis, you know, we hear about chapters and we hear about chapter houses, but we really kind of don't know what that means.
2: Well, I guess chapter houses is just something that um, it's a born entity in some sense. It's just a community, a local community that has their own autonomy of how they could um, develop small policies or just, just just being a representative in that community. I guess going there for uh, small, small information, things that they could do in, in regards to our own government. Um, but I think that's going to be restructured in the future based on just how we're looking at the future for an Nation. I think those, those traffic houses are going to be restructured and we're going to be region, re re, re, how would you call it? Re-regionalizing our, our government, our I D, D, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, yeah, they're going to be looking at that. But I think it's, it's really interesting that, um, like these these conversations that we're having, that and I think um, our leadership should should take um, some interest in this, uh, reaching over you know to Navajo and reaching over to Hopi. And I don't know when that's ever going to happen, and it's always it's it's. And I hear my leadership sometimes, and I always hear them like, "Oh, those Hopis are some way," and then I sometimes I don't know how Hopi. <laughs> I mean, you guys probably hear uh, negative comments. Oh so yeah, it's like man, I it, to me it's like I, I don't think that way. Even though I joke around with Tusa. <laughs> um now the it's like it's all friendly, but real realistically I'm, I'm supportive of them and I think we're all in this together. I don't think we're it, we should be separated it, or yeah, divided.
1: It, yeah, like in our last uh episode that we did, uh we were talking about like the nineteen fifties point of view. And how we viewed that and like, you know, oh, yeah, if uh, if you're not if you're not one of us, then, you know, if you're different and you don't dress like us, then you're not one of us kind of like. And and it just kind of goes to show you that Navajos and Hopis actually have that same mentality of like, you know, oh, yeah, uh, on your side where Navajos are like, you know, oh, yeah, these guys practice different types of, uh, a, a different type of religion there. I can't be friends with them because of what, what they <laughs> practice there. And so, and, and just, it, it just goes, and, and the same goes with Hopis as well too. It's like, yeah, Navajos do a lot of these different things here that I don't see that as being Hopi and I shouldn't be friends with a, a Navajo. So it it's. I mean, it's, it's like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I think also, too, I think one of the part of the, the issues that kind of uh, creates a wedge or creates a barrier between, you know, our peoples working together is that I think how our own governments are set up. You know, you have the Navajo Nation, which in, in theory is the centralized power for all Navajos, right? And so, but yeah. then, you know, because that you're such a large tribe, the fact that you encompass three states that definitely, you know, the, the life... And life ways and what might be beneficial for New Mexico Navajos that changes when you go into Arizona or changes when you go into Utah. And the same thing is true with us Hopis is that we have the Hopi Tribal Council, which in theory, you know, is, is the power for all Hopi people. But then, you know, we have our individual villages and what good? What might be good and beneficial for Munqapi is not going to be the same for the people of Walpi and etc. And so, you know, I I think it's also looking at that um, existing uh, existing I guess leadership structure and configuring how we could better to navigate around that. So, in other words, uh, our government sucks, <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: and we need a we need a better type of government. So,
2: yeah. and that and that that kind of speaks to what what i how i how i look at rebuilding those relationships. it's really going to come down to the people it's really going to come down to the community it's not going to come to our government and 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 it's going to really come down to the actual relationships like like us talking here and then just being friendly and not not just being friendly but just being friends in a sense because i do have a couple hopi friends and i grew up with hopis around here in winslow too they're 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 good people, and sometimes when I hear the elders talking negatively about Hopis, I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't, I kind of, it, 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 it like that kind of mentality gets ingrained, yeah, into, um, yeah, other families, and I don't know how that dy- dynamic happens, and but luckily AIS saved me. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Pre- preach it, Hirsch. Preach. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I I think that's a really good discussion. And and something that you mentioned, Carl, about the cultural teachings like, I can't be friends because now we'll do this religiously, or Hopis do this because they do religiously. That's really interesting because um a couple of weeks ago, I was asking my grandpa um, his stories whenever I hang out with him. And I asked him about the relationship between Hopis because um, he lived right there in Tisto. Um, and I said, how, how was the relationship between Hopis and like our family and, and the villages up there? And, um, and he's like, he, he told me some really interesting stories. But one one thing that stood out was, he said, um, in our area, Fisto, there, there was like, I think, um, three locations in, in our areas where eagles were actually nesting, where eagles had their, their nesting. And he said that when he grew up as a little kid, that he was taught that when whenever they see Hopis, Doing their pilgrimage, or they're doing their offerings, or going up to the, these eagle nests, is that he was forbidden to even look or even even um, come in contact with those Hopis and, and because they're on a spiritual oh, wow. um, pilgrimage, or a pil- they're on a spiritual. Um, um, I don't know how you would say it, but but he was uh, forbidden. Like when he was out herding sheep, he, he would uh, literally close his eyes when he does see some Hopis that are walking across that when they're. And he knows which ones are, I guess, which Hopis were going to go, go. Get, I guess, go get the Eagles. The yeah. And yeah.
1: Whatnot.
2: So those relationships were really interesting. Um, and my grandpa said that was something that he always um, kind of thought about. He never questioned his elders or his, his parents or his grandparents of why he was not supposed to look at them or not to uh, engage with them or be around them when they're doing those those offerings or those um, whatever you guys do in regards to the Eagles. But we don't see that anymore. Uh, we don't have eagles around us anymore, so I don't know. So those those are discussions that we, we you know I like to talk about in regards to um, respecting our our cultural teachings and and how can we build on that too as well and moving forward you know into the future we do have some
1: differences in culture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there there's a lot of the uh, you know the the animosity between both Hopis and Navajos and I don't know if in the future that we will be like you know be one as one group of uh, of people here because uh you know of, of the, the 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 Hopi teachings and the Navajo teachings are so different and You know, with cultural wise, I mean, with you're talking about people wise, yeah, we can be, we can be together, but in culture wise, I don't, I, I seriously don't think so.
0: And I I think you brought up a good point, Hirsch, is that the fact that, you know, I, I think maybe it's not that we haven't had these discussions before in terms of Hopi and Navajo collaborating, but maybe those conversations were happening already, but it was just, uh, you know the the interruptions caused by things like you know the 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 coal mine and then you know making reservations into reservations and really that's probably where a lot of that collaboration was disrupted and so I think the fact that we were born in the generation that we were born in is the fact that why we've been disconnected from those types of conversations because you know we've on, on our side you know I've heard um, stories of you know the the Navajos coming into the villages. And trading for things mm-hmm. like uh, beaky and oh, yeah. corn, and yeah. you know they would bring mutton and look to, oh yeah, and, and and try to trade, you know those types of things. But nowadays, you know, we're we're trading Hopi cookie recipes. And, uh, <laughs> you, see, you, you see, you see the Navajo blue corn tamales pop up here on Facebook. Yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Where some of that. Cl- hey,
2: I'm oh, sorry, I, was, I didn't mean to cut you up, But I was, you mentioned food, and one of the items that I I ventured in, like a business, small business, was my pinion business. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you love pinions. Hell, hell yeah, we love do. Pinyons. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll share a story. I'll share a story. One time, I was selling pinions. Um, it was at it was at one of our local um, uh, towns here. It was, it was in Loop, actually. And what, uh, my hopis were, hopis were the number one customer, I'm not going to lie. And there's, there's this one that, um, lady who came up to me, and she's Hopi, and she's like, you know you're not supposed to sell um, pinions? I'm like, oh, um, she's like, in our culture, we're, we're not supposed to sell pinions, and, and, and those are sacred to us in some sense, she was saying. And I was like, oh, okay, um and after that, she just, what did I say? And I said something mentioned, like, okay, well, well, you could go pick pick it if you like. I think these are just, um, and I said forward some locations. I was just trying to be friendly to her. I said, there's, there's some good locations here, like in Grand Canyon and whatnot. Then she looked at me and she said, oh, I'll buy four of your big, large bags.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never heard I never heard about that before, that Hopis are not supposed to sell pinions. Maybe she was just trying to give you a heart. Yeah, maybe here. she was just trying to get it for free. That's why. <laughs> that damn Hopi. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't know where that was from. I Maybe mean, she was just trying to tease me, but I I was just trying to be friendly because you know customers are always right you when know, you're in business. So <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, it looks like it's
1: almost uh, almost up to our time. So
0: well, one one thing before we go though, and it's you know, just kind of an idea that I have, and you know I think it's also something too that you know we're so focused as Native people to only just focus on our own people. You know what I mean? Like we we come up with these ideas that how can I help the Hopi people? What type of projects economically that we can engage in that only helps Hopis? And I think it's that mentality that kind of also uh, creates a barrier in between working with other tribes because, you know, I uh, before everything happened with the pandemic, I was constantly making that drive from munkapi uh, all the way out here to Keitan every single day. Yeah. And and you know because you make that drive, and you know I would think about it constantly every single day that when I'm making this drive, that it's really definable as to where the Hopi area is and then the Navajo area is. Because then when you're driving on Hopi, there's nothing. We 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 don't know how to develop. And then as soon as you hit Navajo, you see the houses pop up. You know and there there's houses everywhere. But that drive always got me to think is that you know the fact that especially in regards to business. Is that when you want to set up a successful business that you need people. Yeah, you, you need. need people to help, whether that's people bringing money into your business or, you know, even people to help uh, run the business that, you know, if you were to think of a business plan that not only that just helped your own people, but helped the neighboring people because the Navajos are so close to a lot of our villages. And, you know, if we just started thinking about <laughs> helping people instead of just helping Hopis, that that might be something to, to, to work towards. And I, I think that you guys have had conversations like that on your pod too, correct, Hirsch?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think we've, yeah, definitely relationship building. Um, and that, kind of just speaking to what you were talking about, it's like we, we kind of got to re redefine what sovereignty means, like tribal sovereignty. We always use that, you know, it's always against something that we use that, that protects us, of course. But also tribal sovereignty also means like, we're not truly sovereign in a sense. Like we always related to each other. Like we've worked with Hopis historically, we've um, traded with you guys. So those, those dynamics of what tribal sovereignty means, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're sovereign, leave us alone. We do what we want. It's only a relationship between us and the federal government. No, it's relationships with other tribes as well. Like we need to start expanding on what tribal sovereignty really means. Um, So it's really interesting. And, I think there's funding opportunities in those areas. I think um, just in my professional life, looking at research, um, there's definitely a lot of funding that could build upon what we're discussing here. And I think it's just we haven't really explored those areas of how we can heal as a community. And when I mean community, it's not just Navajo community. It's not Hopi community. It's our community, meaning we're both in together. Right? That's our surrounding area, whether it's a, a uh, uh, a tribal, uh, you know, separation. But no, it's our community together. So
0: yeah exactly. I
2: think those are really interesting.
0: E- exactly. And well, so, and so while all the pretty girls were partying out on Mill Ave, these are the kind of conversations that Hirsch <laughs> and I and a few others were having at the library. Well, I think it's yeah. Ti- yeah, yeah, I think it, well,
1: I think it's time for us to head on out and uh, you know, cuz I I have the better degree
0: the, from you guys, so. <laughs> Carl bought his from the back <laughs> of a magazine. But <laughs> l- 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 you go ahead and plug uh, anything that you want to plug.
2: Oh, I they need to make, you guys need to make like a tiki bread cologne or perfume. <laughs> Shout out to that.
0: <laughs> Some sense. That, that that'd be guys. a good business bread. idea.
2: Yeah, your cookies are good. But, yeah, I mean, just shout out to you guys. I, I think you guys are doing something really cool in regards to your podcast and really just coming from a, a Hopi perspective. I do respect that. and I do value that. And it's really interesting to listen to you guys, um, especially the one, the one that you guys had a, a special guest with a half Hopi and half Navajo. Oh, yeah. That, that was really interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, thank but, um, you. For our, yeah, for our audience, um, I do come from another podcast. We're a little... We're a little crazier, to be honest. <laughs> um, a little more progressive. How our views are, but uh, you could find us at your auntie's uh, favorite podcast. At you know, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple. So you're you're more than welcome to come over and listen to us. But so we would like to you know invite you guys too as well. You guys, whenever you guys have time, and I think we we're all in this together. Like you said, like what Downward says, we we have our own space in the podcast world, and I think we're we have a little small space in, in the whole area. So But thank you. I appreciate
0: you guys. Awesome. Ye- thank yeah. you. Hersh. Thank Th- you for the invitation. Yeah. Thank you we'll, again. We'll, we'll crash the party. Although, you know, <laughs> it's Carl's, uh, virgin soul ears. I don't know how he'd handle being <laughs> on your guys' pod. But but-
2: what, what one more thing, Carl. Yeah. Whenever you
0: want to go solo, let's go solo. We can talk about
1: this. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I'm getting tired of this guy over here. So, all right, Hirsch, I'm going <laughs> to hang up on you right now. Just <laughs> <I was> kidding. <laughs> well, thank thank you again for being our guest here on the Carl and uh, J Man show here. So, uh, you know, thank you again. Thank you for sharing your stories and thank you for sharing your knowledge of um, Hopis and Navajos.
0: Mm-hmm. and so we'd like to thank you all for joining us on this bonus episode we are going to prepare for our youtube series we have been talking about for quite a while spds guys you can catch that on youtube follow us on facebook instagram twitter visit our website anchor.fm forward slash cj podcast 85 uh to to become a monthly sponsor that's something that you would like to do or email us at cjpodcast 85 at gmail.com if you have any recommended suggestions for topics but but uh, for today, this will be it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and J-Man
1: Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long.
0: Qua, qua.